Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome to the Point After on WDVE Pittsburgh. The entire Steelers radio broadcast team is here to break down the last game. Here's your host, Missy Matthews. He's talented. Um, he has got some God-given abilities that not many people in this world have. Um, he's big, fast, and strong, and he's very, very smart. Um, and so we're able to do those things like, like move him around and do some things with him. You know, that, that last touchdown, perfect example, like I said, change the play and um, he makes it happen. I just have to give him a little bit of a, of a cue on it. And he's, you know, it was just, it's awesome. So I just really proud of the way that he's playing um, right now. All right. That was quarterback Ben Roethlisberger talking about rookie wide receiver Chase Claypool. Welcome to the point after everybody. I am Missy Matthews, a full crew here tonight. Bill Hillgrove, Tunch Ilkin, Craig Wolfley. The Steelers beat the Eagles 38 to 29, a 4-0 start the first time in team history since 1979. And also, guys, the first time we saw them score 30 points since week 13 of 2008. So, Billy, I will start with you. Uh, What did you think about the Steelers offense yesterday? I thought it was very efficient, and uh, I loved that jet sweep and the look of it. And we talked yeah. about it on the broadcast. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it can give you illusions if you're a defensive player or a coach saying, well, okay, now how do we react to this? Well, that's what the offense wants you to do. Yeah. So it, I, I, I like it. I, it's, it's fun. Yeah, and I, I loved it because uh, it keeps the defense flat-footed. Uh, I love the jet sweep uh, to uh, – uh, McLeod and to, uh, uh, to uh, Chase Claypool and uh, Ray Ray McLeod uh, busted it. Mm. And uh, you know, one of, one of the things I loved is when you fake the jet sweep and you hand it off to James Connors going to the right way, it's, 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 there's a hole there. I would say the one thing that really impressed me was the construction of a couple of those gadgetration plays, right? Right. So the diamond <laughs> formation off to the left. Yeah. You know, and I, you got yourself. That's the first time yeah. we've seen that. Yeah, it? you've got Vance at the point of the diamond. you got James Conner to one side, Trey Edmonds to the other. Then you motion out with Chase Claypool. I mean, this is like everybody's off to the left. There's, there's four of them, and they run it in for a touchdown. 
Then on that uh, Ray Ray McLeod play, right? You got you got Vance and you got Chase Claypool. Now Vance goes, he shifts from the right side to the left side, then back to the right side. Then he starts Chase Claypool in motion. They run what looks to be like a counter. Or, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the reverse. They're the bunch and. Vance actually takes three steps inside and reverses and comes back around to lead on Darius Slay. Yeah. It was unbelievable. And he I mean, had a great block on oh, Darius Slay. Chooks got downfield. Chooks was 40 yards downfield and got right. a slobber knocker on Kavon Wallace. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you love good, crafted, oriented plays like that that really got a little zip doo da to them. Right, right. We've talked so much about Matt Canada and why he was brought in here to the Steelers offense. And we've seen little things, I think, through the first three games. But I think yesterday, especially going against such a tough defensive front, I know we've talked about them all week, guys, leading up to the game yesterday. And, uh, you know, Tunch, I just wanted to get your thoughts on what Matt Canada brought yesterday. As Ben said, you know, him and Randy literally threw the kitchen sink at the Eagles defense. Yeah, I I love Matt Canada. You know, one of the things – uh, that uh, we saw uh, when we played San Francisco last year was all that window dressing, uh, the jet suite, the fake jet suite, the uh, the uh, outside zone and zipper uh, motion, we yeah, go back zipper and motion, yeah. and and so uh, Matt Canada installed that, and it's uh, it's very 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 confusing. It keeps the defense flat footed, and you're 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 looking for what's going on and you uh you have a little bit of paralysis by analysis so i love matt canada's uh offense billy i think we also saw not that we didn't know ben really had a strong mental game but coming off of an injury knowing that you're shaking off some rust getting used to the the throwing and all of that stuff but that play to chase that fourth quarter touchdown, uh, he has 10 touchdowns now and only one interception through the first four games. What are you seeing from Ben Roethlisberger? I see a guy who's obviously had some rust. I mean, he's been out of the game for a long time. There was no preseason. Uh, the training camp was, I don't know, it was there, but it wasn't a normal training camp. And uh, I just see him probably rounding right now. He's turning the corner. And that doesn't augur well for the opposition. Uh, you know, he, he sees it, and it's slow for him. And, and so it's wonderful to watch him play defenses like a violin. I, I, I'm just loving it. Well, if there was so much made about the unexpected bye week, we learned this weekend that the Steelers wasn't as unexpected as some teams were uh, finding out that yesterday was, in fact, their bye week and their game Mm -hmm. wasn't going to be played. But, you know, when Ben spoke prior to this Eagles game, he was kind of critical and said, you know, the league slowed us down a little bit. It was almost as if he felt like they were on a roll. They were getting into a rhythm. I don't really think I saw much of that yesterday compared to maybe what we anticipated having a week off, but scoring on five straight possessions. You know, that's interesting. You're right on Missy. I think, you know, Ben was a little worried. At least he voiced that concern that, man, I hope I don't take a step back. Now, maybe he was just kind of, you know, putting one out there for the Eagles. He was being Ben. (laughs) Yeah. He was just maybe just kind of, you know, laying it out there for the Eagles and everything, but Superman's getting a swag on. I mean, he looked terrific. I mean, you're talking about, uh, what, 79-point-something, rather, uh, as far as, uh, you know, percentage of, of, of completion, mm-hmm. 125 QBR. I mean, 
Yeah, Zooks, I didn't even, like I told you this afternoon, I didn't even have a spelling test. I didn't get 80% on my spelling test. I can't remember the last time he's had 125 and change. I right, mean, that, that right. would be an interesting thing to look at. four for journalistic wow. integrity. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're all over it, Chalooch. <laughs> be honest. Now, Tanja, I want to talk about Chase Claypool. Excuse me, obviously with the four touchdowns. Uh, Deontay Johnson did go out of that game, though, early. And right. Coach Tomlin made it a point after the game to not give too much praise for his performance, said something along the lines of the strength of the pack is in the pack, meaning we have multiple weapons. It just happened to be Chase's game. Right. You know, uh, I I love the way uh, Mike Tomlin uh, doesn't uh, focus on one player. He he focused on the, the whole team. Uh, but uh, you you got to admit, uh, Chase Claypool was uh, the stud uh, yesterday, and you know he he scored on uh, on the uh, jet sweep. He scored on uh, three touchdown passes, uh, and uh, you know what? He is so fast. He's got great hands. He runs great routes, and he catches combat balls. And uh, and then you know he he takes it and he runs and he uh, and he's very very physical and and I I love the way he's volunteer for volunteers <laughs> for special teams love that and uh, you know he's uh, uh, L three on the kickoff team and he made a tackle and yeah I, I love that Canadian bacon wolf. <laughs> top shelf, baby. Top shelf Canadian bacon. You know, that's only. He sizzles. Yeah, yeah. I love it. That's only the fourth time, no, third time in NFL history that a rookie has had four touchdowns. Right, right. Uh, I mean, that, uh, Gail that's... Sears had six touchdowns his rookie year. Well, no, no, no. This was uh, a note in the Steelers postgame notes. Right. Jerry Butler did it in 1979 and right. Harlan Hill in 1954. I don't think. Sayers had six as a rookie, didn't five, he? Five. I think he had five. Oh, okay. Five oh. against the no, San Francisco 49ers. It, no, it said uh, Chase Claypool joined Jerry Butler and Harlan Hill as the only rookie wide receivers with four touchdowns wide in a receivers. single game in oh, NFL history. Receivers. That's yeah. how they did it. That's Gail Sayers was the running back. Do you remember Harlan Hill? Yeah. I do, unfortunately. Yeah. I go back that far. Yeah, he's also the – let's see here – Four Steelers rookie in franchise history with at least three touchdowns, joining Green, Franco Harris, and Jimmy Orr. There's a laundry list of uh, game notes that you can pull up for Chase Claypool. But also, guys, I I did look. He is leading the Steelers in receiving yards with 261. Juju has 188. Eric Ebron is next with 156. Juju only has three touchdowns. Chase Claypool, of course, has four receiving touchdowns. Now that first one was against the Texans. So what do you make, Tunch, of what his role can be moving forward, not knowing the status yet of Deontay Johnson? Oh, man, I I want to see the long bomb to Chase Claypool. And when you throw the ball out there to him – you're gonna open up the underneath. You're up, up, up opening up for uh, Juju. You're opening it up for uh, uh, Ebron. You're opening it up for Vance McDonald, and uh, you, you're, you're, and, and nobody could cover him. That you know, the, the, the Rodney McLeod was very, very slow yesterday when uh, when Ben threw it to uh, uh, in, in the post pattern. 
Did you notice Darius Slay and some of those defensive players, Billy, were coming over to the Steelers' sideline? They was getting a little chirpy down there uh, amongst them, I think, whenever the rookie wide receiver was showing up a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I loved it. It's the Battle of Pennsylvania. Right. And for the time being, it's Pennsylvania. <laughs> Wolf, what did you make? We talked, uh, Tunch briefly mentioned Ray Ray McLeod, another guy who said today he spoke to the media, uh, a lot of people for the first time getting a chance to know him really, and said, you know, a lot of the vets take off on Wednesdays. I get a chance to run with the first team. I just make sure that I, I you know, I do what I'm supposed to do. And my number got called and I said, hey, I, I remember that play. <laughs> The beautiful thing about it is he took advantage of that opportunity, right. whether it's in practice and then in a game. But that's all about being a pro, being ready to, when your number's called, to step out and perform. He performed on the reverse. He performed on catching, I think he caught like three passes or something like that. One of them, I think, was a first down on a slant. Um, this young man, you know, kickoff returns, punt return capable. Uh, he is surprising. What was he doing out there? Nobody really seemed to, you know, have a, a big like push to get him. So uh, it's nice to have somebody that multi-talented and qualified to do so many different things. And I'm glad to see he's taking advantage of it. Yeah, I, I over a hundred yards. Right, uh, total yesterday. yards. Yeah, over a hundred total yards on kickoff return on uh, pass catching uh, reverses, pass all that stuff. Reverse, right, reverse. What I like about him is he's decisive. You right. see that movement on the field. He knows where he wants to go, and he's got the athletic ability to follow that game plan. And and I, that mean I think especially on kickoff returns means a lot. Yeah, because punt returns they're zigs and zags, and everything's reactive. But kickoff returns there's a little bit of a initial game plan there. Chaluch, remember when we were sitting in the stands? All right, uh, it was during Heinz uh, Field training camp, but right. so called training camp. Really. <laughs> it didn't feel like training no, it camp, didn't. but. Listen, Practice at Heinz Field. When you got a, one of those uh, those uh, suites to yourself, you know, when you're a player, you go up there and you got, you know, the food you were, delivered. You were and staying in a suite? No, they were. Oh. They were. In between meetings and stuff and practices, you did go to a suite. They just ordered down, call and everything. I'm like, oh, man, that's living. That's high on the hog. Yeah. But, you know, the fact of the matter is when they were back in training camp, we saw, we right. watched Ray Ray McLeod on the one lone kickoff they did live. Yeah. Man, he made – like two cuts, and that was it. It was yeah. flying down the field. And, you know, he runs the daylight. Yeah. He runs the daylight. Absolutely. Okay, guys, it is time now for our electrifying moment of the game brought to you by IBEW Local Number 5. Wolf, you are up first. What do you want your electrifying moment of the game to be from yesterday? Oh, I would have to um... – I'd have to go with uh, Chase Claypool getting the uh, 35-yarder and sealing the game. I mean, that was really – that was beautiful. That was Ben orchestrating like he's orchestrating a, a symphony orchestra. You know, I mean, you've got no – you've got nobody in the – you go no backfield. You know, you know, you got empty backfield. You got uh, – on the other team, you think the Eagles are going to blitz you, and then suddenly they show up and, you know, they're spread all out and it's going to be zone coverage. And so you give a little hand signal and then – Chase is like, uh, what's that? And then and Ben yells at him. He goes, well, he practically told the whole defense to play, which I thought was admirable on Chase's part to, like, you know, admit that, you know. And Ben, you know, gets him one-on-one -on -one with Nathan Gary, a linebacker, and it's like a Ferrari 
covering uh, racing with a, a SUV. It wasn't no wasn't a match. <laughs> All right, Billy, what are you picking for your electrifying moment of the game? Wolf stole my thunder. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, they missed that 57-yard field goal um, to win the game or at least to get the lead late. It was still a lot of time left. And then the Steelers go into the four-minute offense, and I saw, I don't know where it was, but I saw a writer basically question, well, wait a minute, you don't want to score too soon. And I'm saying, wait a minute, if they give you a look that's going to be a touchdown, you take the seven points. Yeah, and, no doubt. And so that 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 was a dagger. It, it just said to the Eagles, well, you've played well and you scared us a little bit, but uh, it's not happening today. You're going back east with uh, – Another loss. Yeah, my moment was uh, when Eric Ebron, uh, that there was a a claim that there was an interception or a fumble, (laughs) uh, and uh, Eric Ebron, uh, I've watched it, and there there was no fumble. He didn't make a uh, football move, and uh, they canceled it. Right. Yep. You know, and I tip my hat to you because you said it at the time. You You said, "This looks like a no catch." Yeah. And it wasn't. I was Although, falling. I think, was it the referee that made the mistake about the interception? Right? Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I said, no, I don't think that was an interception. I was falling pretty low. Oh, woe was me at that moment. Luckily, oh, yeah. there was yeah. a review. Wolf, yeah. Wolf was uh, I tanked. Was, I was tanking. I was tanking. <laughs> no, they're going to get some interception. Oh. All right, guys. Well, we're not tanking yet here on The Point. After we have much more to talk about, including the Steelers' defense. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. You're listening to WDVE. Back to the point after on DVE. There goes the give off the right side. Look out in the secondary is James Conner. Conner inside the 40, tackled at the 35. He needed 10, and he got a whole lot more as he was on his way with a good running lane. Slay tracked him down. Everybody, welcome back inside the DVE studios. Welcome to the point after. I'm Missy Matthews with Bill Hillgrove, Tunch Ilkin, and Craig Woofley recapping the Steelers' 38-29 win over the Eagles yesterday to put the Steelers at 4-0, sitting on top of the AFC North division. We'll talk about the division uh, with their first uh, matchup with somebody in the division coming up this Sunday. But, guys, you heard the run there from James Conner. A quiet day, it felt like, for the Steelers' run game, 136 yards rushing. But with so much motion and different stuff happening, uh, what did you think, Tunch, in terms of what the Steelers were able to do in the run game yesterday? Well, you know, I thought it was very effective. Uh, I I thought the um, jet sweeps were making uh, Philly flat-footed. And uh, one of the the 25-year-old, the 25-yard run uh, by James Conner was on a fake jet sweep. And uh, and he he broke it. And uh, James Conner, uh, you know, when he, he scored, when he had that 25 yard run, and he, when he scored that touchdown at high step, and uh, you know, I, I love James. He is a tough guy. He is physical. He is fast. He's uh, he's got uh, jukes, and uh, you know, he, he he runs toward the goal line. It wasn't just one runner, Billy. Uh, the past three games, there was a 100-yard rusher, but they still had over 100 yards, as Tunch said, just getting it done a little bit differently. Did you feel like the Steelers' offense uh, was playing complementary in terms of balancing everything out on their end? Yeah, and that's what you need, uh, and that's what I thought I saw. And uh, on the other side of the coin, uh, and I know you can make statistics say anything you want them to, but uh, 
Miles Sanders had 7.3 yards per rush, but he had the 74-yarder. And then the other, what, 10 rushes, he had six yards. Yeah. So the Steelers did a pretty good job on him. Yeah. Except for one play. One play. But statistics say that he had a really nice afternoon. <laughs> uh, Wolf, what do you make of the Steelers' offense in terms of the tight ends? I, I thought watching that Sunday night game of the Eagles against the 49ers, you saw what George Kittle was able to do. I thought we would see some more Eric Ebron, Vance McDonald, but combined they only had six catches for 47 yards. Was that just a matter of, hey, there were other guys that were open like the Chase Claypools, or was it a matchup that the, the Eagles' defense was prepared for? Well, I really think that uh, had Eric uh, hung onto the ball, he would have seen the ball more. I think it was just towards the end because they had gotten right. the ball a couple of times. He had been blocking really well on some of those. On that first touchdown by Claypool, he and Trey Edmonds were H-back and end-man uh, tight end in line, and they kicked out, and, and Clay you know, Chase Claypool scored. And it was great stuff, and I thought that Eric was coming on and doing some good things. Then he you know, got into that a little fumble. bit of a – Yeah, yeah. got that fumble thing, and then – had another issue, and, you know, um, quarterbacks tend to go to whoever is the hot hand, you know, and there's no doubting who the hot hand right. was. I mean, that kid, Claypool, was just amazing. And and uh, so uh, I think Eric would have seen more had he hung on to the ball. You know, Missy, the, uh, they they played a soft zone, and uh, so um, uh, Ben took advantage of the underneath routes, uh, the crossing routes. And uh, the posts uh, to Chase Claypool. And, uh, you know, Ben uh, is so smart. He sees the field so well. And, uh, uh, you know, he's got a bunch of weapons. And he's spreading it around. And I I love that, that they spread it around. And, well, well, Chase Claypool... Uh, had a big day, and uh, we can spread uh, it a lot with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got a big catch radius, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Unfortunately, Dave DeCastro left the game fairly early with an abdominal injury. So we saw Kevin Dotson stepping in once again. So I want to get the O-line vibes. Uh, tell me how he did. He saw a lot of Fletcher Cox, and as we said, a really good defensive front. You know, I, I when we first started off, I thought, oh, he got schooled a little bit, and I saw the plays. He did get schooled a little he bit. Did Fle- get Fletcher a little. Cox will school you as, as a young guy. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> just the way it is. But I also saw a lot of things that I didn't see button-down details from the booth that I saw on film today, and uh, just watching him, this kid's going to be a player. You know, I don't know that he's equal of Chase Claypool at in the offensive line, but you know what? <laughs> He's surprised me with a lot of what he's done and what he's capable of doing. Even some of the things he did, uh, you know, that I, I you know, he, he did better in the screens. I think he missed one code, uh, right. you know, code call on one. But, um, you know, the kid is going to be a player. He's just going to be a player. When he got schooled by Fletcher Cox, uh, he gets better. You know, what, you know when he learns you get schooled, yeah. you get better. You get better and better and better. And I think, uh, like Wolf said, he's going to be a player. Yeah. All right, Billy, we can talk about the third down conversion efficiency on both sides. We'll start with the Steelers' offense. Uh, they were 11 for 15 yesterday, 73%. But then when you flip to what the Eagles' offense was able to do, 10 of 14, 71%. Uh, I guess there's some good and bad in there. Uh, what was your thoughts just on, especially the defense yesterday? Well, I think, you know, the West Coast offense is going to convert third downs, especially yeah. if they can set up third and middle or short. 
Um, and I remember the words of Dick LeBeau, who said, West Coast offenses, as a defense, be patient. They'll make a mistake. Right. And they made one more mistake than the Steelers did uh, in terms of turnovers. And, you know, in a nine-point game, maybe that's one of the big differences. I'd, I'd you know, it's uh, – that defense is fun to watch, but they've shown the ability to give up big plays. And I'm sure Mike Tomlin and – uh, Coach Butler are talking to them about, hey, we can't afford to do that. We have to be more consistent. And Doug Peterson's a West Coast guy. Yeah, yeah, he 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 loves the the fast, uh, the quick, three step drop, five step drop, get rid of the ball. Can blitzing come at a cost, Wolf? We oh, know yeah. that that's kind of this mentality of this defense. They they're not bashful about it at all. Could that maybe? Oh, put- there's no question. They blitz at a, somewhere near a fifty percent clip. The astonishing thing was uh, somebody quoted a stat where they blitz sixty percent of the time on first and second down. Right. You do that enough, and you're you're gonna take some lumps. I mean, it's like being a heavyweight slugger and loading up with a punch, and if you miss a guy, good counter puncher can wrap you a good one. And the fact is that that third and nine, when uh, Miles Sanders took it to the house, mm-hmm. they were blitzing. Cam Sutton came off the uh, off the weak side, and you had um, a twist between Bud Dupree and Cam Hayward. Uh, Mike Hilton whiffed on you know face planted on a tackle, and I don't blame Bud Dupree. By the way, think about it. He's going behind Cam Hayward, so that's who's in front of him. Then in front of him is six eight three hundred sixty pound Jordan Mylata next to him. Six four, three hundred forty pound Nate Herbig, and those two are like butt to butt. All right, so a guy comes by, you don't even see him. They can <laughs> lock out those. Yeah, sun. I mean, he just went boom right by, and I'm like laughing. I was thinking, well, after the game was over, mind you, but I was thinking about him, thinking he couldn't have seen anything because you know those those guys they just block out the sun like Dunch said. You know, you know, the Mike Hilton blitzed a bunch, and he had eight tackles, and he led the Steelers in tackles. And he had a sack. Uh, Mike Hilton, he he has a knack for getting under the big Harrys, uh, the big uh, shaggies, and, yeah. and and, and he makes tackles. Uh, and he's uh, he's. I a was great surprised tackler. he whiffed on Miles Sanders because yeah. he doesn't miss. Yeah, I mean one of the things about Michael, he is a very sure-footed tackler. Yeah, he's going to bring something down with him, and I. I was surprised when Miles gave him the what the dead leg or whatever. Yeah, but and you know it, it everyone, happens. Everyone's everyone's gonna yeah. suffer that. You yeah, know, everyone. I mean, even I missed a tackle or two. Even yeah, I yeah. wasn't supposed to be tackling. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Oops. <laughs> Devin Bush, though, I was watching that playback, the Miles Sanders when you're talking about. I mean, he did try to get down there, coming from not anywhere near where he was after Mike Hilton did miss that. So he was close. He was close, and you had. Uh, Minka and you had uh, Ter- uh, Terrell Edmonds um, that, uh, you know, they, they, whoever was, was holding on to him. Was that uh, Greg Ward, 84, I think it was? Yeah. There was, I mean, there was a lot of cut- clutching and grabbing downfield there. So, you know, it was a good job by the Eagles receivers to get out in front, right. try to get some blocks, and, and Devin couldn't run them down. But Miles Sanders is is pretty fast. Oh, is he ever. <laughs> um after the game, Tunch, Coach Tomlin said in terms of fixing the third down efficiency for the defense, it was kind of hodgepodge. So if you were able to be in there and tell the players what to do before the Browns game, what would you say to the defense in terms of helping fix that? Oh, I would say get after the quarterback. <laughs> get after Baker, Mayfield, Bud Dupree, and uh, T.J. Watt. 
Uh, T.J. Watt is going to be uh, a big uh, challenge with Conklin because he's a good offensive he tackle. He's a tough but, guy, but too. But the, uh, uh, the left tackle, uh, Bud Dupree's going to scorch. Yeah. What about you, Wolf? What would you tell them? Oh, um, you, you agree? <laughs> yeah. You, you go eat some rare steak this week, <laughs> okay? <laughs> nice, rare, you know, a little ketchup maybe, but have at it and eat a lot of it. And Baker is banged up. Yeah. He did have his ribs, he uh, has ribs x-rayed uh, yesterday, but x-rayed. they said they came back negative. Well, okay. That's, he was also interested because he was shaking out his shoulder throwing arm yes, a he couple was. of times. Yeah. And uh, I just wonder, you know, we don't know. The attrition rate might have been substantial. And, know. Uh, you know, on the backside, you got to cover. You got to cover uh, uh, OBJ and you got to cover oh, Jarvis Landry. Yeah. Yep. An exciting game for sure. Uh, Billy, I wanted to talk about Travis Fulgham. Ten catches for 152 yards, uh, a touchdown. Was he kind of the Eagles' chase Claypool yesterday? Well, he came in with two catches. And so after they went to him a third or fourth time, you're saying, where'd this guy come from? Uh, You know, obviously the Eagles knew what they had in a young man from Old Dominion, a former monarch. Yeah. uh, But uh, he had a big game. Is that what they're called? The monarchs. The monarchs. Oh, and all this time I thought they were a moving freight line there, you know? The Steelers' defense overall, though, Tunch, five sacks, 11 quarterback hits, two interceptions by Steve Nelson. Uh, the second one, he definitely fought for that one. Right. Do you agree with fighting for it? Yeah, I, I agree with fighting for it because the receiver uh, could have brought it down. Uh, you know, Steven Nelson, I, I, I love him. Uh, he has a great sense of the game. He sees the, uh, the coverage. He sees the uh, routes very clearly. And he's never out of position. And you saw that he jumped one route and he uh, jumped up for another, uh, high pointed another route. And so, uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan. I, I love Steve Nelson. One thing I know you talked about a little bit, Billy, uh, during the game, we heard Bob Labriola interviewing Coach Tomlin. He asked him about Mika Fitzpatrick and. Coach said, you know, he's doing what he was doing last year. It's just sometimes those splash splash plays, excuse me, come in bunches. Uh, do you agree with that and what Minka has shown us through the first th- four games? If the coach says he's doing what he's supposed to do and he's playing within the framework of the defense, how can you argue? Uh, you know, the coaches know. They know who's making mistakes, who's making the mental busts, physical busts, who's out of place. And, and if he's not out of place, he's doing his job and, you know, it'll come. Those things, takeaways happen in bunches, although this team has kind of been consistent in taking the ball away. I, I think they're staying away from Minka. Most well, likely. that's a good point, yeah. too. There's a metric out there that said they, prior to this last game, they only threw in his direction one time right, out right. in the area now. The one thing I will say, and I know Minka would, if we, he was sitting right here, what, say, the, what that's, that's a metric? It's a metric, yeah. Well, well, well you know, I'm now. into stats, He's a man. Stats guy. Like, oh. You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> I might have flood. I flooded math know. twice. Okay, you don't so know. I'm you making don't know up for tricks. But I will say this: if Minka was here, and you're right, uh, if Minka was here, he'd, he'd sit right here and say, "I should have wrapped up on that one." 
Remember yeah. that one hit and he bounced right. off the guy. And, yeah, he yeah. bounced off the and, guy. And, and we, he knows. I and, mean, you don't have to tell a pro that. He yeah. knows. And we had a discussion during the broadcast about whether Steve Nelson should have intercepted a fourth right. down pass. Yeah, I, I, I like that interception. Absolutely. You, you if you have a chance did. to intercept, Wolf didn't like it. go get it. I yeah. know, but, you know. I know that the two-minute warning, though, the ball would have been at the, their 15 rather than down around our 20, so, 25. So it gives it you more options. You know, the the only thing I will say, and, and by the way, you know the really neat thing about that? I was just going over this. You know who carried the ball three times in the, at past the two-minute warning and got a first down? Benny Snell. Yeah. I had now somebody think, text. Think uh, about fan this. texted, where's James Conner? Yeah. Well, here's the thing I found interesting. Mike Tomlin always says, I don't have a doghouse. And you know what? I believe him. I believe that he is about redeeming a player, rebuilding a player, Coaching a player, and he did what he did that with Benny Snell, and he did that with Benny Snell. You think about back-to-back games; he had fourth-quarter fumbles. So you talk to him, you work with him, you would, you know all that stuff, and then what do you see him do? He gives him the ball three times after the two-minute warning. Mm-hmm. Benny gets the first down. I thought that's a real head coach right there. Ride the horse, that's something, and uh, that's Benny impressed. Snell football. The end of the game, you want to yeah. run the clock down. He he'll tell you he loves it. And he did have two hands on the ball, too. I know he's that. (laughs) All right, guys, we're going to have one more break here on The Point after when we return. We will talk about fans back at Heinz Field and also talk a little AFC North football. We'll be right back. Back to The Point After on DVE. Second down and goal at the five. No Fletcher Cox on the field at the moment. Ben empties his set. He's got a four-people bunch flexed left. He's back. Chase gets the ball. Goes for the goal line. Touchdown, Chase Claypool. His third of the game, and that was a beauty. You could call that a hat trick as well. It is Thanksgiving in Canada. Chase Claypool, that was one of his four touchdowns yesterday versus the Eagles. Welcome back to the point after everybody. Missy Matthews, Bill Hillgrove, Tunch Ilkin, and Craig Woofley. Guys, the Steelers in the third quarter were up 31-14. to They have never blown a 17-point lead at home. It did feel like they came a little close yeah. yesterday. Mm, yeah. uh, I, I think we all kind of had that thought in our heads as we were we were doing the game. Tunch, you're you're agreeing very uh, yeah, wholeheartedly. Well, well, yeah, Wolf was worried. I, I wasn't worried because um, I knew uh, the Steelers could pull it out. Uh, but when they came back to within two points, it, it was uh, and when they were uh, attempting their 57-yard field goal. I was th- thinking, oh man, this this has got to uh, be wide and or short. And then uh, uh, the Steelers that uh, they gave them, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles gave the Steelers great field position uh, on their uh, on forty five. How do you think I was feeling? Yeah, looking at possibly my third in a row one point loss. Mm. Why? Yeah. I, I, well, I, I, Pitt lost two one pointers in a row including Saturday at Boston College. And now here comes Mr. Elliott, their kicker, for 57. And I guess in practice he was hitting, hitting you know, them from 65. He was hitting them 55 yards out uh, at half in pregame. At halftime, in he pre-game. came out. I'll never forget because he set that thing up. He didn't even – I didn't even see him warm up right. to it. He walked out and he just swatted that ball and went 55 yards with about seven, eight yards to spare. Yeah, and mm. I was like, "Wow!" And he was he was kicking him pregame. Yeah, a far. Right. No, I got gotcha. you. 
one awesome part about yesterday, besides the win, uh, it did get dicey, as we said, was the return of fans inside Heinz Field. We have talked about how uh, just bizarre it has felt, just not even the noise factor because they have been using that ambient crowd noise, but I think just like the emotion, the bodies in the seats, uh, the official attendance, 4,708. <laughs> Never thought I would say that for a Steelers game. Uh, they usually get more in Heinz Field for a whippy old game for one of the championship games, but rules are rules. The Steelers abided by them. Um, I felt the energy and you could just tell even when the team ran out, at least from my perspective, that the players really got some mojo to steal Wolf's words uh, from the crowd being there. And, you know, when they scored a touchdown, if Ben Roethlisberger didn't see what was happening on the play, like he talked about in that first game, he knew because the crowd was cheering. And remember the Texans game, and we said it a couple of times, uh, you know, things got a little dicey for a period of time, and all of a sudden uh, it's time out and everything's flat. Yeah, There's nothing going on, and and we're saying we missed this. Yeah. Well, at least yesterday during a timeout, the fans could give the players a little bit of visual support because they'd take shots of the people in the crowd twirling the towel, yelling and stomping. They had their Steelers masks on. And at least that provided some atmosphere for the players. I, I think they need it. I saw one Yinzer pull up his shirt, too, and, and do the jelly roll. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> and, you know, I was it surprised. was warm enough. Hey, you know, it's okay. You know, he's a little hometown love. That's all. I was surprised that they didn't play Renegade yesterday. Yeah. No, I they played they, were gonna... they played something and they did the It t- was like the clapping one. Yeah. But like and, real and fast. it wasn't the same. Yeah. Uh, you know, how could it be? Well, at least from my understanding, I did talk to team president Art Rooney the second going into this game about fans coming back. And I asked him point blank, is it safe to say now that the fans are gonna be in, we can do renegade again? He said, Yes, absolutely. It could be a TV timeout thing. If they don't have enough time, they can't roll it because then you have to cut it. Uh, so maybe it was that. And again, we talked, you know, th- that second half was a little dicey in terms of the Eagles fighting their way back or trying to fight their way back. So maybe I Sunday. loved them. I loved the fans. I loved seeing the towel again. I know if you look at the big picture, uh, they were in a pocket here, a pocket there, but the tight shots on television, like I say, give the players some energy and that's what fans are all about. So right. I, I loved it. No yeah, question about it. Yeah, they brought energy. Huge. They brought energy. You know, especially when you got those, as Billy's talking about, the TV timeout. I remember, again, Houston. You go back to Houston. The two teams are out there just looking at each other. It's quiet as all get out. You know, I mean, to me, you know, like well, like we talked about, Stephon Tuitt, he had got roaring and got going yeah. in that third quarter, uh, you know, when he got his teammates going. but. You, you need the crowd. That's what home field advantage is all about. Yeah. It's not about just being familiar with your locker room. And Big in, whoop. You know in, what I mean? And in Denver, they played uh, – when Denver came, they played uh, Renegade, but they played it at a low volume. When – did they – oh, that's right, the acoustic version. Yeah, yeah, they, okay, now I remember what you're saying. It was like so quiet and Dunch sitting there going, well, it's not quite Renegade. <laughs> you know, it's like the no. Muzak version of Renegade. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry. I whiffed on it's, that it's one. It's like elevator elevator music. music. Yeah, it is. It's like. I got official word. Reagan Baruby just texted me and said there were only two spots to play Renegade. They played the Clapper one that you were talking about and another one. So we will see. 
Hopefully we can get some renegade when you have an AFC North team coming to town on Sunday. Oh, and by the way, Reagan, Missy, she volunteered to pick up pizzas if you <laughs> yeah, order them yeah, next week. She volunteered. Important information here on the point after. We volunteered you, Reagan, to pay for those pizzas. Renegaded pizza. All right. Uh, so the fans were back. Uh, we all liked that. I, the players, even after the game, you could tell uh, Steve Nelson, pretty much every player was asked about it. They gave right. that the nod of approval. The same thing will happen on Sunday, which will be great. The Steelers, of course, undefeated 4-0. So when you look at the AFC North and it's the Ravens 4-1, the Browns are also 4-1, and and then the Bengals at 1-3. and uh, it does feel weird that we're heading into week six and this is our first AFC North game. Um, I know some years, it, you know, it might be the case, but I always feel like we get one in week one or week two, Billy. So I'm excited because I do think this will be a really good game between the Steelers and Browns. This isn't one of the ones where we say it's the Browns. It's OK. This is going to be a good one. Without question. It'll be their toughest game. Yeah. Steelers are favored by slightly more than a field goal. I kind of figured that might be the case. And I watched Miles Garrett yesterday, and the Steelers better have an answer for him because yeah. he is disruptive. Yeah, block Miles Garrett and uh, <laughs> shut down uh, OBJ and Jarvis Landry and Kareem Hunt. Even Travis, right? <laughs> I was Tra- calling him Travis Landry. He's like, no, it's Jarvis Landry. I'm like, oh, yeah, him too. Sorry. You lauded his <laughs> praises when he was with Miami. Right, right. Yeah. I, he's I, a I, he's a heck of a receiver. Jarvis Landry is a great receiver, and he is uh, physical. Hey, don't forget Kareem Hunt. Yeah. I mean, is mm. Chubb down? Yes. No, down. Chubb okay. down. He's on IR. He's right, on so IR. You've yeah. got Kareem Hunt, and he is the guy Johnson, is special. The Ernest yeah, the Johnson. Kid, how about yeah. that kid? Where did he come from? Yeah. I mean, he just he's, he's, he's just come on and played – Lights out whenever he's given the opportunity. But I also like Sheldon Richardson, too. He's a beast in there. Larry Ogunjobi. Yeah, and, Larry uh, Ogunjobi he was hurt Ogunjobi Sunday. Sheldon was Richardson. he? Yeah. All right. But I, I will say this. Miles Garrett, I'm very interested. You know what I mean? There's a lot of beef there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And On and off the field. It's going to be interesting. Now, in terms of the Browns, Tunch, we'll start with you. First AFC North game, uh, Ray Ray McLeod, when he was talking to the media, somebody said, you know, this is like a rivalry when you're playing. He goes, I mean, I don't really know much about it, but, you know, I have heard. It's not like the Ravens, but yeah. for the Steelers, what do you think they're saying to each other getting ready for this game? Oh, you know, they're they're saying get, uh, get up for this game. Uh, this is the Browns, and they're good this year, and you got to get out, you got to get up for it. And, uh, you know, one of the things, uh, uh, Missy, I think uh, this week uh, there's going to be a lot of energy givers. Uh, there's going to be a lot of fired up guys uh, because it's the Cleveland Browns. And they're good. They're good this year. Can we start with Joe Hayden? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, Joe Hayden. I think we could start with some others because I think you've laid another set of tracks and it's two trains. This is going to be a good one. Yeah. There's a lot of angst, I would think, going yeah. into this game. I only go back to our days, Chaluch, you know, back when it was the Turnpike rivalry. And yeah. there was just a real sense of anticipation. This is one of those where, you know, there there might be a little bit of extenuating circumstances and you can forget about the forget-me-not flowers and the I'm sorry's and you know, ball up your fist and have a go. Well, you know what? Uh, Chuck uh, got really tight when we played Cleveland. Yeah. 
and he would uh, he he was well, he was born in Cleveland, us. played you he know for Cleveland. He was yeah. yeah. born in Cleveland. He played for the Browns. His sister lived in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. That's why we <laughs> stayed at that one hotel. Yeah, yes, exactly. Because right. <laughs> her her house was what two two blocks away. Totally disinteresting facts that we bring up, oh, isn't it? Well, and I saw something on the scoreboard. Speaking of the fans. Uh, that you won't see this coming Sunday. I saw a couple divided. I saw a woman with Steeler regale and a guy with an Eagle shirt. Yeah. I don't think you'll see that on the scoreboard Sunday. Yeah, you know, wh- whenever I see a couple. You, you, you won't see. No, it doesn't sound like a. a no, you will not match. see that. No. Whenever I see a couple with uh, a different jerseys, I said, how does that work? <laughs> a house divided. That's exactly. what they always so- say, right? Uh, speaking of the Browns and Miles Garrett and their defense, hopefully we'll get some updates from Coach Tomlin tomorrow during his press conference at noon. You can hear it on Steelers.com and the Steelers official mobile app, also on SNR. But Dave DeCastro, we already mentioned, left the game early with an abdominal injury. Marquise Pouncey had a foot injury. He missed the very tail end of the game. Not a lot of information yesterday. Uh, Deontay Johnson, back injury. But in terms of DeCastro and Pouncey touch, those are two guys that I want there on Sunday when right. you're facing this Browns defense. Yeah, I, you know, uh, that that offensive line is uh, going to be intact. And uh, Al Villanueva, I, I think, is going to have a big game against uh, Miles Garrett. Now, remember, they move him all over the yeah, place, that, too. Yeah, I know, I know. Because you know what that, that means? The, the, the pigeon. <laughs> If he's sitting over you, <laughs> you're the pigeon. Yeah. Yeah. So. I do hope that for Dave's sake, he's just, I feel like he's oh, just David. been through a lot just from training camp to this point. This is obviously something different. This wasn't, you know, what he was dealing with when he missed the first three games just to come back and then have another injury. You could just tell on his face when he walked off yesterday, he was not happy. You know, the thing about it is, and it's unfortunate and I feel for Dave, sometimes one injury leads to another Yeah. because you start to favor, favor it a little bit and compensate for it. And, uh, you know, in a hog, when you pull a fat pad, as we used to refer to it back in the day, you know, and there was always conjecture whether you could really pull fat or what, you know, muscle. Uh, that you know, is where it's at. <laughs> we used to argue about whether you could actually pull a hunk of fat. If that, oh, my you know. gosh. <laughs> Anyhow, I digress. But, you know, to pull an abdominal muscle is a deep muscle, and it's, it's a tough thing. It hurts. All right, guys, we have just. I'm sorry, so I'm told. Oh, so, so you're told. Don't know from firsthand experience. Don't know. You have to have abs to first be able to pull one. All right, we have just a few minutes left. Wolf, we already did report cards today, so I'm going right. to switch it up. I want uh, your unsung hero since we are through the first quarter of Steelers football for the crazy 2020 season that it will be. Billy, I'll start with you. Ray Ray McLeod. He's my unsung hero. He was a guy that you did not expect to contribute as much as he's contributed to the cause. On special teams and offense. Yeah. And uh, uh, unfortunately, he was pressed into service Sunday because Deontay was not available. But, um, yeah, I, I, that's my unsung hero. I'd have to go with Tyson Alu-Alu. Uh, I just think he's done just a tremendous job of um, being the unsung guy, stuffing up the middle, uh, coming off, making some really nice plays from a nose tackle position that um, a lot of people, you know, didn't really, and me included, saying, ah, I think he'll do a good job, but I didn't think he'd do that good a job. Yeah, well, he's uh, he's quick hands. He's quick step, quick hands. I, I'm going to go with uh, Stephon Tuitt. 
Stefan, I, I, I'm loving Stefan it, and he, uh, he's the dominant defensive lineman, and he's an unsung hero, and I'm going with him. All right, I'm very quickly going to go with Vince Williams. I know we talked about it yesterday. Nine tackles for loss, leading the league, the most over the first four games of a season in Steelers history, tied for six most of the league since 1999. I think a lot of people thought he wasn't going to be able to keep up and play that position with Devin Bush, and I think he's done a great job so far for this defense. No doubt. Very much so. Started the game off with a two-yard loss. He shot the gap and yeah. brought down the back. That was sweet. Welcome back to Hinesfield, Miles Sanders. I think that's what <laughs> exactly. Vince was saying. Probably not so nicely. All right, guys, that is going to do it for the point after. Thanks so much for joining us. For Bill Hillgrove, Tunch Ilkin, and Craig Wolfley, I am Missy Matthews. We'll see you back here next Monday night at 7 p.m.